0: It's 7.31. You're listening to Ira on Sports. This is the True Oldies channel. I'm Mike Balsamo. And Ira, we've got a very special guest on the line. It's Dr. Gelber. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us.
1: Oh, My pleasure, guys. Ira, what do you have? Um, Dr.
0: Gelber, you have the book Tiger Woods Back. Tommy John's elbow injuries and tragedies that transform career, sports, society. I read your book today. It's a great book. And, and what's so interesting about this is, like, I have a lot of listeners that are not like watch every single game, sports fans. But you don't really have to watch any games, and you don't have to even be a sports fan to like your book because you hit the key moments in, in sports, but not how it transforms sports, but actually transforms society. And I think that was the, one of the thing I read about that book. I mean, you described the Cobra effect, if you want, want to talk about that in the book, but, but mention what, what the Cobra effect had, And for example, on Sandy Koufax and Tommy John.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I was trying to do with the book, is show how these various injuries and tragedies, whether it was Sandy Koufax Lyle Alzada, Hank Gathers, Duku Kim in boxing, Len Bias in basketball, how their deaths or their injuries or any tragedy really had a broader effect on society, and that's where the whole Cobra effect came in. So briefly, what the Cobra effect is, is a story that's been used to describe politics and economics, where you have an unintended consequence. So in India, in imperial India, we go back, we have a venomous snake invasion So there's way too many cobras, and so the Shah decided to put a bounty on cobra skins. So the villagers brought in cobra skins by the basket load. Bounties were going out, but the snake population didn't decline. And so after some investigation, they found that farmers were actually raising the cobras to kill for the snake skins to get the bounty. So once the government found out about this, they killed the bounty program. So the farmers, unable to do anything with these cobras, released them back into the wild, and so the population went up. So all of a sudden you have an unintended consequence, in fact, the opposite consequence that you wanted. And that's really what we talk about with Sandy Koufax and Tommy John is we have a surgery to help stabilize the the elbows of pitchers. So the Tommy John surgery is basically we recreate a ligament that's on the inner side of the elbow that helps to stabilize your arm when you bring it back to throw. Unfortunately, today the highest age group we're seeing this in is 15 to 17-year-olds and 15 to 19-year-olds which is not who we initially thought we were going to be saving the careers of. And so because we have this surgery, we have a lot of people who don't understand the surgery, think it's a performance enhancement. They don't understand that a lot of these injuries are preventable, that you even need an injury to get Tommy John surgery. So that's one example where we have a consequence. We have a good thing. We try to do something. And, in fact, we end up with the opposite than intended consequence. Um,
0: the one thing you mentioned in your book, which I... You talked about something happened when someone dies, and it or something, a tragedy happens, and then how it somehow. If it happened, it's been happening like people all over. Like people were dying of steroids, people were having heart problems, people everything. When Lyle Alzado died of steroids in 1992, it suddenly brought steroids back more in. People started talking about it more. It galvanized society, saying, "Wait, maybe this steroids thing is bad. Maybe it's it's just it was almost laughed about." Talk about what that impact in Lyle Alzado. And a lot of my listeners don't know who Lyle Alzado was, but the fact that after he died, what kind of impact that had on the idea that it's not so commonplace. It's not so accepted after that to be on steroids.
1: Yeah, I mean, of all the characters in the book, I think Lyle is one of the most interesting because he grew up in an abusive family. He saw himself as a protector of the weak, and so he went to the gym, he grew strong, he did steroids to get bigger and stronger, and he was a maniac on the field. I mean, there's actually even a lyle Zeta rule where you can't take your helmet off and try and hit your opponent with it. That was (laughs) inspired because of Lyle himself. So, I mean, Lyle is an amazing character, But unfortunately, what happened was he ended up getting a brain cancer, a lymphoma. And so he denied for so many years that he didn't do steroids. And then finally, basically on his deathbed, he comes out in an interview with Maria Shriver and admits to steroid abuse. He pens an article in Sports Illustrated, and he admits that he used steroids throughout his career. And then he blames his brain cancer on steroids. And it's possible but very unlikely that the steroids... Led to his brain cancer. He was messing around with some HGH at the time, which at that time it was coming from dead animals and dead humans, and it's possible that could have led to the brain cancer, but it was very unlikely that it was the steroids. So, what happened is we had a conversation of steroids because, like you said, they brought it into the media, but the bodybuilders were looking around, the other athletes were looking around, nobody else is dying of brain cancer. So, they sort of dismissed the conversation and basically drove it back underground whereas there are real side effects of steroids. Now, roid rage is one of them, but it's less common. So it's another thing where other abusers are looking around saying, well, I don't see roid rage everywhere, so that's not a big side effect. And it's true, it's not a common one. It's a real one, but it's not a common one. The common ones are like heart disease, so people dying of heart attacks, depression. You now, these are things that are real side effects, and these are the conversations we're supposed to be having, not talking about brain cancer. And so when Lyle came out with that, it really turned the conversation into sort of an unbelievable thing to those who were abusing steroids, and basically they just turned away from the conversation and just drove it further underground. So, and then another t-
0: aspect of the book, another uh, chapter of your book, Len Bias, and, and I know exactly the moment I found out Len Bias died, and if we ask people, my listeners, who's Len Bias? People don't know who he is. We talked to Mo- Coach K of Duke, Two best basketball players he's ever seen, Michael Jordan and Len Bias, and he must thought Len Bias might be better than Michael Jordan. Len Bias was dominant at Maryland; was the greatest college basketball player. Some people at Maryland. He was drafted number one and two to the Boston Celtics. He was going to take the mantle from Larry Bird to Len Bias, and he's in a dorm room playing around, doing drugs, and 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 dies. And before that, people didn't understand it. A lot about this drug academic, again, just like with the steroids, but that's suddenly his death. And I mean, it is, it's at a level right now. I mean, Len Bias, I mean, if we, I don't want to abuse the Zion Williams, it was at that level. I mean, Len Bias was at the Zion Williams type of level back in those days. And for something like that to happen, that definitely traumatized the nation. And also, you mentioned the book about motivated a lot of uh, politicians, the fact that it was in D.C., in the D.C. area, and then you saw a lot of moves from Washington about uh, in terms of drug use and cocaine and crack cocaine.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's exactly correct. I mean, Len was going to be the next Michael Jordan. So his doc was, his death was such a shock, um, but it became a lightning rod for the war on drugs, because at the time, everybody was focusing on the crack epidemic. Everywhere you looked, there were stories about the crack epidemic, crack babies, the devastating effects of crack. And while a lot of that was true, it was sort of put out of proportion compared to cocaine, which is actually what Len died of, not crack. People assumed because he was an African-American, it was crack, but in fact it was cocaine. But the politicians, especially ones out of Boston, because they were set to have him as their number one draft pick, used that to help support their movement to look tough on drugs. And so these mandatory minimum sentences came out, where it said if you have a certain amount of drugs on you, if you're busted, you have to face a mandatory amount of time in prison. And so the idea was to get these big-time drug dealers. But the way they set the thresholds, It was significantly higher if you were a cocaine carrier versus a crack carrier. So the big-level drug dealers weren't being busted. It was the low-level street dealers and the low-level possession busts. And because it was weighted 100 to 1 in terms of the thresholds for crack over cocaine, you had a predominant of African-Americans, young males, young females getting busted and meeting these mandatory thresholds because it was weighted so much more towards crack. And we've actually tried to reverse that. And There's been some laws that have made them a little closer, but they're still, in our justice system today, active people. Even the people who helped form these laws are now trying to undo these laws because they've had such a terrible effect on our justice system.
0: And then the last, I mean, you have so many great chapters. I mean, the Magic Johnson story was tremendous. I, I don't have time to go into everyone. But back to tonight, I'm watching on TV Tom Brady playing. And you you, you talked about the... This rule to protect quarterbacks almost coming back from that, the, the year that uh, Brady was knocked out early in the, the first game of the season. And uh, right after he had, had gone 16 and 0 and then he got in or went to the Super Bowl the year before. Um, the point is that he got, well, after he got hurt, then it was almost a move from the league to start protecting the quarterback. Because when they saw Brady out for the year, they're like, this is really bad for business. We cannot have the face of the NFL hurt. And that's now we got to the stage we're at right now, which is, some people, or most people, are saying it's overprotecting quarterbacks, but they're still getting hurt, as Patrick Mahomes is
1: proof of last week. Yeah, I mean, although I would say with him, it's a pretty freak thing to have the patella dislocate. It's you know you actually see more knee dislocations in professional football and college football than you do just the patella, which is a much better injury to have than a ligament reconstruction requiring you know knee dislocation. So that's actually you know not a bad thing if you're going to say well between the two, it's better to have a kneecap dislocation than a knee dislocation, where you have to have ligaments reconstructed. But yeah, that's exactly right. You're talking about how we're overprotecting the quarterbacks. You know, In fact, it, it's not even Tom Brady. It actually started with Carson Palmer. So when Carson Palmer tore his ACL, the owners and the league got together, and they changed the rules, because initially the rules were that if a defender was heading towards the quarterback, if they had an unobstructed path towards the quarterback, they had to hit them low, below, so they they couldn't get them below the knees, because that would injure their knees. So if you hit a defender and then you got around the defender, then that rule didn't apply. But once Carson Palmer tore his ACL, they changed that rule that if you get around a defender, you still can't hit the quarterback below the knees. And then that changed even further when Tom Brady tore his ACL, said if he got knocked to the ground, you couldn't grab the quarterback at his knees. So all these rules are designed to protect the quarterbacks, because like you said, they are the moneymakers. And it's putting a disadvantage against these defensive players who they're getting paid less. They don't have the contracts. They don't have the star power. And so they're already sort of against the A-ball in terms of their career. And now we're protecting the quarterbacks even more. And if you look at the touchdown passes since these rules have been put in play, the overall number of touchdowns league-wide have increased significantly significantly. Since these rules went into place. So these rules are protecting people who already are sort of the top of the food chain, and it's just protecting them even more.
0: Well, we talked to uh, Dr. Jonathan Gelber. He wrote the book uh, Tiger Woods Back, Tommy John's Elbow. It's available online um, in the bookstores, Amazon, every all all those things. It's a great book, even if you don't like sports. Uh, but if you're just interested in terms of the sports effects on society and also the medical side of everything. So, doctor, I want to appreciate you. Thank you very much for coming on Iron Sports. And uh, I hope to have you on again in the future, uh, you know, for your future endeavors. If you're, if you're working on
1: any other books, we definitely would love to have you back on. Yeah, always happy to talk about sports and medicine. And then, you know, this book, like you mentioned, it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, even Walmart's website, and, of course, your local book dealer.
0: Thank you a lot. Thank you very much.